Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. It has occurred to me lately that I am abundantly blessed And as I reflect, this week is the seven-year anniversary of Success Profiles Radio. What a long and amazing ride this has been so far. I've always known how blessed I am, but when I really start to think about this and operate from a place of gratitude, it really is mind-blowing. It's it's fantastic. When I had Jack Hanfield on my show a few years ago, we discussed his book, The Success Principles. If you've not read that, please do it. It's amazing. One of the exercises that he suggests is to write down a list of 100 successes or turning points that you have experienced. If this sounds like a big task, then just simply break it down into various periods of your life. Perhaps things that have been successes for you from ages 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, etc., and come up with a bunch of successes that you've experienced in each age group. Now, these successes don't have to feel like they're really huge. For example, learning how to walk and talk is a huge win at the moment that you do finally get to accomplish that. Some people never get to experience that, so don't take it for granted. But do please give yourself full credit for everything you've done and have been through. You are more amazing than you give yourself credit for. Just know how incredibly blessed you are. And with that in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. My guest this week is Mary Jo Hilliker. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's owned and operated two corporations and built them to $10 million in sales. She started in the nutrition field full-time as a result of her father's miraculous health recovery. She's now currently president of International Nutricom, Inc., and also started Global Mindset Mastery. She's a certified nutrition and health coach who now teaches educational seminars on various health topics, educational tours, children's health programs, and nonprofit sustainable funding programs. She invested $20,000 in a fish food company, and 10 years later, when they sold out to a publicly traded company, they gave her a check for $1.1 million. She proceeded to give it away, 10% to her church, the other 90% to a foundation she established, and then immediately funded with this money. When she started as an entrepreneur, she spent the first six months trying to figure out how to make it work. And she realized she wasn't where she was, where she wanted to be, and that she was the reason. Then she invested heavily in leadership growth. And within one year, she tripled her business. We'll discuss all of this and so much more on the show. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes. Leave a review. That would be amazing. And I would love you forever for that. So here we are with my very special guest, Mary Jo Hilliker. Mary Jo, how are you today? I'm terrific. Thank you, Brian. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So here's the thing that I normally ask people to start with. I I feel like knowing someone's backstory really helps us figure out who you are now and where you're going later. So tell us about your backstory. You've had a a rich and varied history. Tell us what, what you've done, what you've overcome, what brought you to where you are now. We'll take this whole first segment for that. All right, great. Well, let's start from the beginning, which is the birth, right? You, you look at right. you know what what kind of family you grew up in because so much of that is so formative in who you become in life. And I was raised in a family with 
four children. I was the baby and my parents had four children in three and a half years. So we were bunched together. Uh, very poor family. And of course, early on in my life, because I was the baby, I learned that in order to get anything done, I had to compete. So um, being competitive became one of my, you know, driving forces in my life. And, and I did very, it served me in many ways. I think we talked about this, the concept that, uh, you know, I did well in school. I went on to law school, went on and got my graduate degree in tax and then did very well in, in uh, my work environment with uh, coming back to be the, in the number one law firm in Wisconsin. That's where I was born and raised and, and uh, spent a few years there. And then I brought on a client to that law firm who is the largest corporation, New York Stock Exchange Company in Wisconsin. And they ended up hiring me away as vice president general counsel at 28 years old. So all of that proceeded to be, I mean, everything I touched in life was like incredible. And, but the, that competitive spirit I found out uh, soon was really causing me to be um, quite um, in, in, which I say, inappropriate in relationships. In other words, it was blocking me from having the kind of relationships I wanted because I had to compete for everything. I mean, I don't know if you've ever, Brian, gone on a racquetball court with somebody that had to win, but they get pretty brutal in their language and how they operate. You know I mean? Yes. Because the only thing that mattered was winning, right? And, yes. And I was that way in everything. And, and people would say to me, they go, well, Mary Jo, you know, you're really competitive. And I go, well, that's just who I am. I mean, I had started defining myself as being that. And and I went through some self-development courses and some educational courses in my 30s and early 40s. And all of a sudden I realized I can choose different. And I think people in this world don't understand that. And that was a huge awakening for me about why am I not choosing my beingness? It doesn't have to be chosen for me just because something in my life programmed me a certain way. And that was an incredible shift in my life to allow me to be incredibly effective, but have beautiful, wonderful relationships and, and choose what, what I wanted in life and what I wanted to make out of my life. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely. So what was it like being a woman in corporate America during the time that you were there? Because this was a while ago and there were not nearly as many women in corporate America then as we see today. Uh, there's no question about that, Brian. I came out of when I came out of law school and entered um, the largest law firm in Wisconsin. They had over 200 lawyers and there were only eight women in the law firm, eight women lawyers. So I was definitely a minority, and I know a lot of people would talk to me about that, about discrimination and things that were going on or how they were treated. But for me, because I was I was so tough and probably more like a tomboy as I grew up and, and always in a competitive environment, I, I really didn't recognize much of that. I know it was 40 years before the Me Too movement, but I just, and perhaps it was probably a psychology for me of just, I wasn't going to accept anything but being the best. So you could tell me, you could make negative comments or do whatever. And you know what? It, it was like just water off a duck's back. I wasn't going to pay attention to it. And it didn't mean anything to me. You were being ridiculous when I heard it. So were, were comments made? Yeah, absolutely. They were made. But for me, it was like I said, yeah, I just ignored them. I looked at somebody and thought, you know what? That just doesn't make that doesn't show much intelligence, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I didn't have, I never burned my bra. I never did you know, all that. And I lived through that era, but it wasn't who I thought I would, you know, cause I just, I think we do some of those things. Sometimes we 
are almost acknowledging that we're not significant enough. And right. I didn't need to do that. Yeah. Right. What were some of the other unique challenges you faced along the way? I mean, certainly being a woman in corporate America at that time certainly presented its own challenges. But what what else would you say uh, was unique in what you had to face along the way? Well, I think that anytime you are, you excel and are so successful so young, there's always people looking and wondering why. Mm-hmm. So you have, always have that question. I mean, there aren't too many 28-year-old women that become vice president general counsel of multi-billion dollar companies, right? I mean, you look at it and right. go, well, that's kind of unusual. And they start questioning, what did you do to get there or what? Right. You know, um, so you 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 tend to get a little jaundiced looks once in a while, and and responding to that is just all I did was just be the excellent lawyer that I was, and, yeah. and you know I I didn't have a problem with anyone trying to do that because personally I'm going to tell you I was shocked that at 28 somebody hired me as vice president general counsel. So if somebody ever questioned me, I would say, well, they saw something that even shocked me, you know. Right. Because I was I was so young, but but I I was you know a pit bulldog, and I I worked very hard. I had incredible work ethic, and I could yeah. see and you know the effectiveness that I had. So so doing that, and I think um, you know you just you 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 have challenges every day around you know for me a lot of the challenges I came up against in both the law firm and then um, getting into the uh, you know being vice president general counsel of a multi million dollar company. I had challenges around ethics, and I know that um, in my position that I held, a lot of times I would write legal opinions because, uh, you know, some of the officers would do things or try to do personal dealings and buying companies through that through that publicly traded company, and and I would give them conflict of interest, you know, legal opinions, and they would they would actually go to Washington D.C. and get a separate opinion from huge law firms in Washington D.C. on the same topic, oh. and that happened probably three or four times in my three years with the company. And, and I'm going to tell you, every single time, all they did was they, they build them a lot of money for saying the same thing. <laughs> was, oh my gosh. So, but that's okay. You know, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was what it was. It, you, you feel like, you know, they might be, you know, telling you your, your legal advice isn't good enough, but it's really great when all the big law firms are just, you know, we're basically rubber stamping what I told them. So, yeah. And I, I can certainly relate from the standpoint of I've worked at places where I felt um, some ethical code of conduct was being breached and compromised and I didn't want to be a part of that. And so I left. So I want to ask, what made you decide to, we got about two or three minutes for our first break. What made you decide to be an entrepreneur versus doing something else for someone else? Great question. And and here's what it was. There was a sense inside of me that I couldn't find happiness. I mean, you know, as much as I loved and I was excelling both at the law firm and then at my next position, I just felt, I felt like I was a fish out of water. I felt like this isn't where I belong. I didn't like having to report to somebody all the time and have somebody else dictate to me what I was worth and what I needed to do, you know, all the, and the ethics around it. I think all of that really accumulated into me going, okay, it's time for me to break out and be an entrepreneur and see if, if that's where I need to be. And sure enough, I, when I left the huge corporation, I went out to buy my own company and that was the beginning of me, my entrepreneurial experience that I've taken on now for the rest of my life. Fantastic. 
Yeah. We're coming up against our first break. My very special guest is Mary Jo Hilliker, and we will talk about how she invested in a company. I alluded to that in the intro, but we'll hear the story about how she invested $20,000 in a company and 10 years later uh, sold out to a publicly traded company, and she got to cash a check for almost $1.1 million. We'll talk about that journey when we come back, and we will talk about some things that help us to become successful in terms of mindset, in terms of how you find money, the fact that you can find money anywhere, having a healthy relationship with money, knowing your vision and your values, and developing leaders as a key to succeeding. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please don't go away. We will return. We'll be right back. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time. You may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Mary Jo Hilliker. And before the break, we talked very briefly about how you started a company after you left the law firm, and you invested some money in a fish food company. Tell us about that and what happened to that. Well, yeah, after I after I actually left the, the New York Stock Exchange Company, where I was vice president general counsel, I went yes. and purchased a company in San Antonio, Texas, moved down there for weather reasons as well, because, you know, Wisconsin gets cold three months. Those three months, I just couldn't tolerate anymore in my life, right. January, February, March. So in that turnaround company, um, that I, I started rubbing elbows with um, a fellow that owned a huge corporation down there. He asked me to be vice president general counsel. And, and I always tell people, I go, you know, 
uh, Jim Rohn once said that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So it's always wonderful to find people, you know, find people that are that almost are intimidating to you in a way. And those are the people you want to associate with because that will totally change your life. You don't want to hang out with people that are lesser than you. And you, you can have, fr- you know, friends and do other things, but spend a lot of time with people that you really honor and you, and you respect. And this person introduced me to the opportunity to invest in a fish food company that was in Cibolo, Texas. I mean, no one knows where Cibolo, Texas is. It's a little small town. But they made fish food, you know, the stuff you pour into the aquariums. And I knew nothing about fish food. And and we had the opportunity because they were doing a a, a buyout of the company and they came up 100,000 short. So there were five of us that they had the opportunity to put 20 grand into it. And all I did was spend some time with the guys that were going to buy it out. And I was impressed with their you know, their business acumen. And I thought, well, you know what? I know nothing about fish food, but I trust you guys. I like your judgment. So I put 20,000 in. And within five, six years of doing that, um, I started getting $20,000 checks every six months in dividend income. And I had 20,000. That was crazy. So I realized, I realized what had happened. I, I, you know, I talked to some of the other investors too, and and they had, they had hooked up to a new corporation that allowed them distribution. And it was just that tiny little company called Walmart who became a customer of theirs. Right. So you can see what happens immediately. And then another five, four or five years later is when they finally sold out to a publicly traded company. And my my little twenty thousand dollar investment became one point one million dollars. So that's pretty amazing. Awesome. That's really amazing. So let's ask when people get an opportunity to invest in a company like this and they're told they have to come up with 20 grand for some people, snap your fingers. There it is with other people that think, Oh wow, that's a lot of money. I don't know if I can do that. Where were you on that? And what kind of a mindset did it require for you to be able to say, I can find $20,000? Absolutely. Great question. In fact, one of my favorite topics to teach people today, because you see, we grow up with relationship with money and we don't, we don't really, a lot of us don't even know where we formulated that. But, you know, one of the things that comes out a lot because of depression based parenting and, and then we have generational bondage because as we were parented, so do we parent, right? I mean, right. that's all we learn. So when we teach our children things like uh, money doesn't grow on trees. Now, you don't tell your children that to restrict them or cause them issues or problems in life. You do it because you want them to go on to, you know, work hard in school, go on to college, get a good degree, then get a good job. You, you want them to know that you have to work hard for money. Well, the problem with that, though, is that when you say money doesn't grow on trees, you create a scarcity or lack mentality around money. Like somehow money is short. There's a shortage of money. And so what happens is when people have opportunities that enter into their lives, like the one I was presented with, I could have said, well, I don't really readily have $20,000 available. But the ridiculousness is, is that's a lack concept. I can always create twenty thousand dollars. I can create it again by just, you know, going out there and believing in myself and believing in my capacity to go out and create money because it's everywhere. We just have to figure out how to pick it, right? So I, even though that part of a lot of people's upraisings, it unless you overcome that either by reprogramming your brain, you're gonna not understand why you have a fear of loss of money or a lack relationship. And so huge, huge concept. And truly something that there are more people than not that need to work on that because they don't understand why they never become an entrepreneur because they're so adverse to risk. 
And yeah. it's basically because money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love what you say that you can you can find money anywhere. And, and a lot of us don't have a healthy relationship with money. And I don't think it's necessarily intentional. But when we are brought up to believe that money doesn't grow on trees, and, and by the way, trees are made of wood, which is coming from paper, which actually does. That's what money is. But anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. But uh, we don't have a healthy relationship with money. How can we cure that? Right. How do you? Well, yeah, first of all, you got to figure out that, that that it exists. You know, mm -hmm. you look at your life and when people are adverse to risk or they're scared about money or they even when they sit down for Thanksgiving, they look at a pie and they go, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to get a piece. You know, mm -hmm. Cause scarcity, cause scarcity runs in many directions, not just around money. You have to recognize that it exists. Then what's really important is that you sit down and you get some good coaching around it, you go through some experiential exercises to help you replace that program with something yeah. that's effective for you, right? Because you can't mm -hmm. just, your, your subconscious is carrying this program and you can't just go, okay, I'm not going to believe that anymore because that's in your conscious state, not your subconscious. Your subconscious will continue to carry it forward unless you bust through it. So I work with people on replacing it with things like money grows on every tree. I just have to figure out a way to pick it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to replace it with. And that's exactly what I did like with my two stepdaughters. I trained them around money grows. And I'm doing the same thing with my grandchildren today. Money grows on every tree. Just figure out how to pick it. And yeah. My two stepdaughters have both become millionaires in their 30s. Both. Wow. Is that awesome? Yeah. That is great. Different relationship will create different results. Yeah. So let me ask this. This is something I asked Laurel Langmire the first time she was on my show. When is it appropriate to start talking about money with your children? I think you start early on. I think when you're a little, when you're, it's, there's no problem with getting your children to understand the power of money and that you want to attract money in your life. So teach them early on of ways they can attract money in their life because money will allow them to have more freedom with what they're going to do. So, you know, and that comes with, you know, probably when you start giving your kids allowances or they you start having them do tasks around the house and, and you develop that relationship. But it's a positive relationship, not a negative one. So you don't get them to like, oh, store every penny in your piggy bank. You can't spend it. You have to save it. That Now you're getting back into the scarcity relationship. Yeah. Right. So, so it's about what is it going to buy for you? Save it. What, what would you really like? Well, then let's save it for what you really want, you know, and then you, you, you drive it that way versus be such penny pinchers about, you know, don't ever spend it. Don't, you know, I mean, you know, money is there to be spent on something yeah. that really is important to you. Yeah. I would like to talk about something else that I know is really, really important to you, knowing your vision and knowing what your value structure is, because when you know what order your values really are in, it guides every decision you make. If you value people more than money, you'll make one set of choices. If you value money more than people, you make a completely opposite set of choices. How do you discover what your values are? Oh, great question too. I love that because you know it really is. It let's talk about the important. You know, for me, it, why is it so important to understand that? Because some people go, well, there's just a million different values out there, and there are. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you went on the internet right now and you typed in values, a list of values, you get a couple of websites that have. 500,000 different values listed and you go, oh my gosh, how do I pick my top five, right? right? It's almost impossible. And and a lot of people, you know, they go, well, the Bible. And I go, well, the Bible contains thousands of values. So that's not right. going to give you, you know, the direction you want. So I actually have an exercise I do with people um, to help them establish what their core values are. The reason it's so important, let's start with that first and I'll do the exercise. Yes. The reason it's so important is because 
when you're going to be bombarded like throughout your life with people coming up with you, asking you to do different things every day, especially if you have a, a wide breadth of people that you interact with, people are going to come up with ideas and concepts and programs and trips and all sorts of things that will enter your life. And how do you know which ones to pursue and which ones not to pursue? The way you know that is by having the right rudder in the water, right? You got to put your rudder in the water. The rudder in the water is like saying, I know these are my most important core values. If it's not consistent with these three or five most important core values, then I know to say no to it. And so it's, it really gives you a direction in life that you're going to find the most fulfillment in your life because you're really feeding your most important values. Wow. And and the exercise I do around it is like I I actually do this by Zoom with people now. I used to do it just in my home and then I and then my businesses and then I now I do it by Zoom. I actually have people, you know, pick out what they think are their 10 most important ones and that usually takes people, you know, I tell them to do it before the class because it might take somebody a day just to isolate because they get confused on value. And then we we end up having an exercise about separating ourselves from the value. And mm-hmm. I won't with all that, but when you separate yourself from a value, your emotional reaction will really isolate for you what's most powerful for you. Right. I love that. Let's talk about leadership. I know this is another really huge topic that you like a lot. Developing leaders is a huge key to, to succeeding on a much larger scale. Would you agree with that? hundred percent. Yeah. Because all, you know, what's most important in our life is how we lead, really, doesn't it? Because uh-huh. whether, you know, you have children, you better know how to lead. You know, <laughs> you mm-hmm. go get a job, you better know how to lead. You want to advance in anything you do, you better know how to lead. Because leading is, that's, that's how we have impact on other people in our lives, is through leadership. And I think, you know, if you're learning how to do that, there's some tremendous courses out there in classes. There are also some awesome books out there to read about leadership. Um, and it's just uh, really understanding. I tell people to start from a perspective that I have no leadership capacity. So I'm going to be open to learn. Our, our big problem with a lot of our education that we go through, especially as we get in our 20s and 30s and whatever, is that we think we're coming from so much knowledge that we we can just dis- be dismissive of things because of, you know, pre-programmed information that we have. Mm-hmm. You really want to come, I call it blank slate learning or blank slate listening, where you mm-hmm. like blank out your brain. You just wipe it clean like you're on a, you know, a clean chalkboard. Nothing's there. And just absorb. Yeah. And you'll, it's, it's a wonderful approach. And then just understanding what it takes, what kind of qualities uh, it takes to be a great leader. And and right. probably, one of, Brian, one of my most amazing experiences around leadership, I, I, I can share this as well, is that because I was always a leader and people think, well, leaders are always the people at the front of the class, they're the front of the course. And I was always, you know, I mean, all through junior high, high school, I was president of my class, president of student council. I mean, one year they didn't even have a, a election because they just put me in because they <laughs> <laughs> knew how crazy it was, right? I mean, I, I just had some natural leadership abilities. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. The 
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And once again, if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, please do that. Leave a review. That would be amazing. And before the break, Mary Jo was talking about leadership and how she learned about leadership. A lot of people like to lead from the front, but you made a decision one time to move to the back and lead from the back. Tell us about that because that's fascinating. Well, well, it's really funny because I really didn't even make a decision to lead from the back. I just chose to I chose to allow others to step up front, right? Because that's what always leadership meant to me. And I, so I was in the back of the room and I was just in, in a support role for people and, and clarifying things. And I just, I, I just was loving on people and doing all sorts of, you know, without any recognition, right? At all. Yeah. And when, when the course was done, they, they, everybody had to vote on who was the best leader in the group. Mm. And I was the first place prize. Wow. And I never was on stage. And that was amazing to me that, and it was this incredible acknowledgement of, you know what, we can lead no matter where we are in a group of people. And it's our, it's, it's our nature of our acceptance of other people being great listeners, you know, giving suggestions, you know, getting people to, you know, move together and and work on things together, you know, just being a spirit and being that, that joy that that people want to be around uh yeah. just presence your presence is yeah. leadership right fantastic yeah in the intro i did mention that you are a certified health and nutrition coach so i want to ask you about that what is it that you think prevents us from experiencing the level of help that we want and deserve is it education is it habits is it desire is it mindset is it we feel like we're too busy not making it a priority what do you think it is well, it's a combination of everything you've said, Brian, but really yeah. when, when you boil it all down to me, it's truly conviction and mindset, which go, go together as well. I mean, everybody, there are very few people I come across, I shouldn't say everyone, but there are very few people that I come across that don't understand 
uh, what's good and what's bad for your health, right? They have some basic understanding, especially today, because there's so much information out there. So when I see somebody stop at McDonald's, you know, it's just like you, you understand that's not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. So, but, but why do they do it? Well, it's quick. I like the flavor. I like the taste, but so it's a mindset about, I'm not important enough is what you're really saying. My health isn't important enough. And it's about elevating people's, you know, taking their mindset and helping them shift whatever that program is running them, whatever it is in their life, that why they concluded that and saying, you know what, you are important enough. And if, even if you don't think you're important enough, your presence is important enough to your children or grandchildren that you really don't have a, what I call a right yeah. to leave this earth earlier than you were supposed to, right? And right. for me, it's, you know, some of us on a spiritual perspective, when I work with people on a spiritual perspective, especially the Christian realm, I go, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What are you saying to right. your Lord and Savior if you're abusing your body, right? right. I mean, so, I mean, it's about how do I shift that mindset so it becomes, and then it's about how do I develop habits that mm-hmm. will serve me the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's important. And I would imagine that a lot of people have limiting beliefs around deserving Mm-hmm. or whether they think they should be able to deserve a good body or good health. So again, it comes back to mindset, which is what we talked about earlier, right? I mean, awareness is the key to changing anything. If you don't value yourself, which comes around deserving, so mm-hmm. that 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 is foundational in your own self-value. So Absolutely. if you have a limited self-value, then you don't feel you deserve much, right? That's where you're deserving. Uh, you know, and, and so all of a sudden you that then all of what you eat and what you drink and how you treat your body really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got to mm-hmm. go back to that and say, you know, I, that's, I love to work with people on this basis too, because a lot of it, they bring their history into the, where they are today. And I, and I, and I emphasize today is the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So different. You don't, you know, you can't do anything about your past. You can only do something about today. And when today's gone, you can only do something about tomorrow. So starting to live your life on that premise instead of carrying the baggage from your past is really a huge step forward in terms of shifting that mindset and and valuing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about International Nutricom and how that has made such a difference in your own health. Great. Yeah. And, And the reason I got in it, because of my dad, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about that, but my father became incredibly sick with a, you know, classic case of, you know, probably, you know, not much length of time left. And, and I was, I knew nothing about health at the time. I was, it was early 1990s. And, and so I started researching because I said, I, you know, when you're a daughter, you're going to do whatever it takes for your dad, right? I mean, right. that's just part of our relationship, you know, whether Freud tells us that or whatever, but it was true in my situation. Um, so I spent three and a half, four years researching everything that it was in nutrition. And I came across a breakthrough in science and I just thought, wow, this, maybe this will make a difference. I mean, it's so new, you know? And uh, so I went to the company, interviewed the doctors. I mean, I thank goodness other people don't have to do that to take a nutritional supplement, <laughs> but uh, I, I chose it for my dad and I thought, let's give it a try. It was all hundred percent plant-based. So there's no negative things could happen. And sure enough, in a very short period of time, he started seeing a difference um, and he was living in Sun City West. And within a year, he was back on the golf course again. He hadn't golfed in four or five years. And it was miraculous, you know. And I just felt, wow, this is this is something that 
that's been given to me, this knowledge, this information. So I want to mm-hmm. now share with the world. So I did. I kind of walked away from what I was doing at the time. I, I sold a, my interest in a business. I quit practicing law again. <laughs> and I um, I jumped in with both feet to share this with the world. And that business became a multi-million dollar business in the period mm-hmm. of about four years. And I just love helping people with health. It's overwhelming yeah. to me. Um, how you can shift people's mindsets and help them with, uh, you know, with concepts around nutrients missing in our diets today that really totally impact who we are. Exactly. And you asked about yeah. my health too. I mean, in the process of doing that, I've always been a healthy person. I told people I, you know, even though I didn't know much about health, I was raised in a family that was all real natural eaters. So I kind of carried that forward, except for my college years, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we- the wagon a little bit, uh, but thank goodness our body can handle almost anything that we do in that regard for a temporary period of time. But I, I, um, I really, I, you know, I'm today I'm in my sixties and I have perfect health. In fact, I haven't had a drug in my body since I was like, in maybe my parents gave me an antibiotic when I was young. Um, I, I have, but, you know, I go back and have tests done with my husband's company because they require preventive health. They have us do blood tests and urine tests every year, and they give us a valuation on that. And every year, I'm my my numbers are like off the charts. They're the best wow. in all the company, and they are amazed because for 20 years straight, I have the best score. Right? And wow. What are you doing? I go. Well, let me tell you. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Absolutely. Yeah. We do have more control over that then we want to admit. And that's another thing that's important for us to really take personal responsibility for. Yeah. yeah. And in order to build any business, you can't do it by yourself. You have to align yourself with people who want to work with you and who you want to work with. So how do you find people that you want to be partnered with? Great. The good question. Um, I, you know, what's what's really important to me is that there's a similar value system. Uh, I really and that probably came out of just what my experiences around working in a law firm and then being vice president general counsel of a multi-billion dollar company. When you're when you're associated with people that don't have consistent values that you have, you're you're going to consistently be up against the wall. You're going to keep hitting that wall and you're going to keep feeling badly and it's going to cause bring you down. So I always search out for people that have similar value systems I do. I also look for people that really have something to complement what I have. So it's about how how does one plus one equal three instead of one plus one equal two, mm. you follow? And, yes. and that multiplicity, when you work on that level, it's incredible how what geometric growth you can experience when you're when you're looking at it from that perspective. So I, I align myself with people that have characteristics and 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 you know, which I say qualities that far exceed my own mm-hmm. different areas. And, and that, that, that kind of affiliation or association is what allows me to really explode the business because mm-hmm. they could do things I had no capability of doing by myself. Yeah, that's great. There is also a charitable component to your business. So tell us about your foundation and how you give back. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the, the great story about the investment in that that company that turned out to be 1.1 million. Uh, of course, my background being a tax lawyer, I didn't want to pay any taxes on it either. But it was a perfect timing because I already had laid on my heart for about a year a concept of helping kids and helping families, uh, not not treating abused children, but prevention of abuse in children. And so that was the whole thing. So I started a foundation called Changing Environments. I put 90% of the stock that I uh, that I was about to sell out for 1.1 million. And so I in there and 10% to my church. So I never paid a dime of taxes on that, you know, 
over a million dollar capital gain. And so I started the foundation and we, we coach families. We do family coaching. We actually bought a building here in Fort Worth and we do family coaching with families. I have a series of different coaches and, and uh, I mean, it's just been a blessing and I still do counseling and coaching with people on many levels. Um, and I enjoy that immensely. And it's really about helping people move through areas of their life where they just, they, they can't see their way through, how I say a paper bag, you know, they're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, just opening their eyes to looking at life a little differently, but from a, you know, a real foundation, a spiritual foundation. Yeah. Okay, great. And you've mentioned global mindset mastery. Is is that something completely separate from your foundation or is that what it's called? No, Global Mindset Mastery is an independent company. I started about in the last 12 months and it really Mm. has to do with taking so much of my self-development work that I've done and I've helped and taught and trained and putting it in a format where I can now teach it to the world. So it's uh, I'm going to be on 17 different stages this year with it. And I'm so excited about that because it's it's like another mechanism for me to give back, to, to help people break through those limiting beliefs and the programs running their life um, so that they can experience fulfillment in their lives uh, because it's epidemic. <clears throat> and so it's uh, it's been something that has been on my heart for a long time, and now I've I finally decided I'm going to go out there and really step into this in a big way. Absolutely. We've got maybe about a minute to a minute and a half left until our final break. Tell us how important your faith is to your journey, because I know that's very important to you. Oh, absolutely. Number one. Yeah, that's why I say it's number one. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, your soul is really so critical to who you become and, and the impact you have in this world. And uh, my faith has been a part of my life since I was a little kid. You know, I, obviously in college, I might have gone a little bit straight from the path as most of us do in some times of our lives when things are challenging. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I put God first in my life and I always look at, uh, you know, my time in scripture and I spend time in scripture every single day because it's what really leads, guides and directs me, allows me to be the person I am today. And of course, Mm -hmm. grow the person I want to become. Absolutely. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this has gone. How much fun are we having? This is absolutely amazing. My very special guest is Mary Jo Hilliker, and we will talk about the importance of personal development to her journey. We will find out what some of her favorite and most impactful books have been. I'm going to ask her what is the biggest mistake that she believes that she's made in business and what has surprised her about her entrepreneurial journey. We'll talk about it so much more as we come down the stretch when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will return. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a 
month, as if we needed a reason to celebrate ice cream. Would you believe the average American eats 45.8 pints of ice cream a year? Here's the scoop on some ice cream lingo. In Pennsylvania, the paper cone used to hold ice cream is called a tut. Sprinkles or jimmies on top of ice cream are called ants in California and outsiders and logs in Vermont. The world record for ice cream eating is 1.75 gallons in eight minutes. Oh, I feel a brain freeze coming on. What's another word for brain freeze? Sphenopalatine ganglia neuralgia. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Mary Jo Hilliker. And if you have not gotten my book called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, it's in Amazon, it's in Barnes & Noble, and you can find it anywhere. And if you are in a bookstore and you don't see it, ask them to get it for you. They will do it. So, Mary Jo, personal development obviously is very important to your journey. Talk about the importance of feeding your mind every day and maybe give us an idea out of the thousands of books that you've read, maybe what two or three of your favorites are. Sure. Yeah. And you're right. Personal development is critical. I think it's critical for anyone's journey because, you know, even though you might think you're, you know, you, you know it all or you've been through it all, you have no clue how you've been programmed by just your environment or your upbringing or your childhood. There's just so many things in our lives that program us and we, we just become victim to them and we don't recognize them. So the breakthroughs are crucial, crucial to set you free. So you really can be the best you can be in life. So, um, so I, I, I always recommend it to people. I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those steps, no matter where you are in life, if you haven't done some personal development work with some good mentors or going to some good classes, always step into that and, and expose yourself to it so you can grow and become a better you. Um, and talking about uh, reading books, I love reading books. I you know, like I, I probably have 5,000 of them sitting in shelves in my other room, and I probably read two to three books on a weekly, I mean, not weekly, I should say on a monthly basis, because mm. I just love to absorb in, a, in, in from a critical perspective, you know, what, what, what am I missing and what do I need to add to my life to be a better me so I can impact more lives. And probably if you look at some of my favorite books out there, of course, you with my Christian background, the Bible is my most influential book in my life for sure. Yes. Uh -huh. And never I'm, I'm always in that every day of my life. And, uh, you know, and it's something that never I never I never see myself ever getting out of it. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. It's life educating me every day because, you know, I believe God speaks through it to you. And so mm -hmm. if you read the same passage for five weeks in a row and you're going to get something out of it each time. And uh, and then um, probably a, a, another book that I know had a major impact in my life was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Yes. I think that's an awesome book. It's a heavy book. I always warn people. I said, I and even with my intelligence, you know, when I remember reading that the first chapter I read, I got done and I said, okay, what did I just read? And I had to start all over. <laughs> because mm -hmm. 
It was so heavy. And uh, so it, but it's so incredible because it's all about relationships, you know, independent in interdependence in, in relationships and, and relationships are what make the world go round. So yeah. you got to get that one down right if you want to really be effective in this world. And then one of my favorite mentors that I've had in personal development arena was a, a gentleman named Brian Clemmer, and he's he has passed away. But at the time in my life, this book impacted me huge. It was when I was starting on that real self-development journey. And he, he wrote a book called If How-Tos Were Enough, We'd All Be Skinny, Rich, and Happy. Oh, yes. It's just a super book to read. It's just, and Brian is, was just an incredible mentor of mine for years. So, yeah. So that's what I would tell people. Yeah. That is fantastic. And of course, for me, going to live events and seminars is also a part of that journey for me. I know it is for you, too. Why do you like going to live events? Well, people. I mean, yes. I'm a lover of people. I'm a lover. I love to give to people. You know, my number one core value, we talked about core values earlier, is contribution. Yes. So yes. when I go to any event, I can just hang out with people and just ask questions, find out what their desires are and what direction they're going and see how, what is my purpose being in their lives at this moment to support them and, and what can I learn from them. So it's this constant interchange. And, uh, and and I also believe, Brian, that, you know, when we walk around this earth thinking that we know everything, our knowledge is based on purely our experiences in life, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. So I look at each individual going, I didn't live your life. I grew up in a totally different place. I had a different family, different college, different education, different spiritual journey, different. So you have something to offer me. So mm -hmm. it's about becoming a great listener and I think that's probably the most important trait I can help anyone develop is listening skills, yeah. because that is that determines the depth of your relationship with people. So so that's why I love going to events. I'm just I'm like that, you know, number one listener and just finding out what do they have to offer me because I didn't walk in their shoes. So I can I can glean something from them. And then how can I contribute back to them? Fantastic. What do you think is the biggest mistake that you've made in business? Um, well, I'll talk about my biggest disaster in business, which is sure. <laughs> when I left the, the publicly traded company and moved to San Antonio, I bought a company that was in a turnaround situation and, and we, uh, with a partner and we worked really hard and ended up filing for, for bankruptcy to protect ourselves to try to move it out of bankruptcy. Sometimes you need some relief before you can actually move it forward. But then about six months into the bankruptcy proceeding, we were moving along, but then we had a labor strike and that was like the dagger in our heart. So we had to shut down this business. Now, everything I had touched in my life until that date had turned out incredible. And yeah. all of a sudden I had this failure and I made it all about me. I mean, I felt like I was a failure. I suffered deep, dark depression over it. I mean, I was like, I could hardly get out of bed, but you know, I just, I, it was really tough because it was like, I, it's the shift in being totally successful and, and off the charts all your life. And then all of a sudden having this happen, it's hard to deal with. And and I had an uncle from St. Louis that called me and he said, Mary Jo, you're making a big mistake. And when you're condemning yourself on this, you didn't fail. The mm. company failed. So it was really about labeling. And that's another, you know, that's another problem we have with mindsets. We tend to label ourselves based on an experience we've had instead of, the experience was independent of us. And now how, what did we learn from the experience instead of putting a label on ourselves? And it was huge for me to learn that lesson. So, but that, that was probably the darkest. And I, 
you know, if anything failed since then, you know, it didn't matter to me because it was just another situation of, hey, what do I learn from this? How do I go forward? And, you know, next you go, N-E-X-T, a great word. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you experienced failure, this was a brand new thing for you. How how do you think successful people handle failure best? Because some people don't handle it very well. Yeah. And I think, well, successful people handle it by just looking at what lessons do I learn? And this is not about me. Right. So it's not it's not you don't blame yourself and hang a hang a hang a, a label on yourself. You 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 take in here's the experience. What did I learn and what steps did I learn? So I don't repeat the same steps again. Right. And you, you just, you look at it as a, as an experience around growing your knowledge instead of a devastation that causes you not to, you know, believe in yourself. Because yeah. again, when we lose belief in ourselves, now we're robbing from us. You don't ever want to rob from yourself. Right. Absolutely. What has surprised you the most about your entrepreneurial journey? I would, I would probably have to say how fast success happens. I mean, you know, I, I, I looked at different, different business that I started and I just, um, uh, like international Nutricom and not knowing anything about nutrition and being able to build a million dollar business in such a short period of time shocked me. I was really so effective. And, and I think that that probably is, is, is the thing that surprised me the most that, that, that really, when you apply yourself, you do the education, you, you take it on and you, you're fearless. You don't let anything stop you. Um, it's amazing how fast success can come your way. Yeah. And I would imagine one of the things that helps that happen is that you take action really fast. You don't sit around and think about something for weeks at a time. Mm, No, I'd rather take action and make a mistake than not take action at all. Does that make sense? It because does. My, my band teacher would tell us that all the time. I would rather hear you make a bold mistake than a feeble, correct note. Ah, there you go. Perfect advice. Because the idea is that, you know, by taking action and, and failing, you've learned something. Again, it's all about education. And, and people sit back and they're so afraid. They still have so much fear around failure or making a mistake that they, they're frozen. And I go, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, just get out there and do it. You know, just do it. You know, it's, yeah. it's like the, the Nike saying, just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. If you were to give, the, give advice to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you say? Uh, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably something in that regard. But I would, but I would tell the person that, you know, don't worry about how, don't focus on the lack of knowledge that you have, focus on the knowledge that you're out to achieve in, in every experience you have. So it's about taking risks. It's about, you know, go. It, it's about, it, it's about falling down seven times, but getting back up eight. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, each one is another lesson to learn. So mm-hmm. don't hold yourself back because of age or lack of experience, because the only way you're going to get experience is by doing it. And so many people carry too many fears and they just hold themselves back. Never do that. Don't be the reason why you never live a tremendously fulfilled life. Go out there and, and have all those experiences and make sure that you are one that recovers quickly from them and learns, always learn something in every experience you have. Take something. Fantastic. Off. Fantastic. Uh, any advice to entrepreneurs who might be getting started right now? Um, yes. Yeah, surround yourself with uh, great people. 
find a find a good group of mentors that really can serve you. So whether you're intimidated or not, who cares? Let the intimidation go and just find some people and just say, hey, would you mind? You don't have to put them on your board of directors. Just say, would you mind being a little being a mentor to me as I start this new venture? I may have some questions if I call you once in a while. Is that OK? And just and because most of those people have significant egos of their own um, mm-hmm. and they're going to be they, they get excited about young people or even old people who who are starting off on a new business we awesome. we I know I find myself loving to share my knowledge with people and supporting them and in, in taking those steps so but but that's what, it gets back to that Jim Rohn quote yeah. where you know uh, it's about you're 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 gonna become the average of the five people you spend most time with so right. go out there and find those people yeah. Awesome. And before I forget, how can we find you? How can we vibe you with you and try with you? Um, great. Um, I have a number of uh, Facebook pages. So just go in there and look up Mary Jo Hilliker and you're going to find those. Um, Global Mastery Mindset. We just started one there and we're in the process of building a couple of websites. So just take down Global Mindset Mastery and you're going to, that'll be up and running by February. So it'll be great to have you uh, locate me and you, you can be participating with me. I do book reviews and things like that. So I really help people in their educational process as well. And I'd love to have you be a part of our tribe. Wonderful. And we got about 30 seconds to the end. Here's the question I ask everyone who inspires and motivates you. Who inspires and motivates me? Yep. Um, well, yeah, I start with my relation, walk with the Lord, you know, <laughs> so I like, yes. that's why I, like, that's the ultimate. If I could be as Christ-like as possible every day of my life, it's like, I aspire to be more Christ-like mm-hmm. in everything that I do. So mm-hmm. that's number one. But the other people that inspire me are just people that, are, you know, probably people in the full contribution arena. Like I look All at right. people like Mother Teresa and people that have given their lives, a lot of missionaries, because I spend a lot of time in the mission field as well. Okay. I just They inspire me. And we're at the end. Thank you, Mary Jo Hilliker, for being with us today. And thanks all of you for listening to Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever so we can learn what they went through, what they overcame, and how they achieved what they did. Join us next week. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to 